0: Welcome to the Bar Variations Podcast. Go behind the bar with me, your host, Michelle Duval, As I interview leaders in the industry, we'll talk about how bar impacts their lives, what's inspiring them today, and take the conversations that usually stay in the studio out into the community. Grab a seat because there's plenty of room at the bar. Hi, my fellow bar babes. Welcome to episode four of the podcast. All right, it's been a fun and action-packed, past 30 days and since the last episode aired I was in San Diego and LA meeting up with the London Method girls and co-hosting Bar Babes Unite with Shannon Warner and Nadia Murdoch epic time guys I can't believe it was only 30 days ago it was awesome More on all of that, more on the Bar Babes Unite especially. We will be announcing another date very soon here on the East Coast. So please, please stay tuned to that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It was great. All of the tears, cried, laughed. It was so amazing. And I also had the pleasure of teaching a teacher training in Cape Cod, or as they say, on the Cape, (laughs) at the Tone Club. So Tony, the owner, amazingly gracious and she must have known that we were meant to meet one day because there was a disco ball in the middle of her studio it was everything I mean I don't know about you but I think I would be having my own little dance party all the time if I had a studio like that so she was super amazing the ladies were awesome it always really energizes me and I love love meeting all of you guys in person so Every event in the last month just kept solidifying that there is so much room for all of us, and the hunger for community and more learning is strong. So later in this episode, you will hear an interview I did with the lovely Stephanie Lyons, who is the president of Bar Intensity. I'm excited for you guys to hear it, and it she shares so, so many great nuggets for teachers and bosses alike. It is packed full of amazing little gems. So grab your notebook, guys, because you're going to want to write some of this stuff down. Um, but one of the best things about this interview that I did with Stephanie was that I was talking to somebody who's a very similar job description as myself. You know, we are a large industry, but there's not that many of us. We're not like the finance industry. It's still pretty tight knit and pretty small in the grand scheme of things. But it's also an industry where you can opt in on many levels, right? As a student, a teacher, whether you're full time or part time, a teacher trainer, studio owner, presenter, online teacher, and just all of the other ways I haven't mentioned. And it was really a treat for me to like pick the brain of someone who was on the business side of bar specifically. And one thing I know that's true for all of us is that bar supports our lives in many ways, and we really can make out of it what we want, which I think. Is what makes bars so so glorious it's really there to support us and however we want it to support us and that's whether you teach one hour or one million just kidding not a million you should never teach a million hours and there well a million hours over maybe many 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 years but not not in a week right there's you know there's always meaning behind why we do what we do. So again, whether you're just teaching one hour or more hours a week, there's still meaning behind it. And that meaning can be as simple as, I love it. I love to teach BART. Or as complex as you'd like it. I teach it because of these very specific reasons. But how do we find that meaning? And how do we put words so we can share it to those we teach? Right. That's the big like we talk a lot about about why we teach or the why behind our teaching. And how do we find that meaning for ourselves? Right. Like how can we find this meaning so we can then share it, whether it's infused in our work or whether we're actually speaking the words. And OK, so like if you're driving right now. Don't crash. <laughs> You can listen to this part later or just kind of think about all of this in your head. But if you are somewhere where you can take out a notebook, grab a notebook or open up your little notepad in your phone, and you can write these questions down because I'm going to give you a few questions to ask yourself where you can free write either now by pausing the podcast or later when you have some more time to really get in there and write, write, write. So this exercise is to get yourself thinking about your quote-unquote MVP statement, your mission, vision, and purpose statement. And this mission, vision, purpose concept was taught to me by Jenna Cifino via Gabby Bernstein via her teacher, Raw Goddess. And just this writing exercise is a great way to hone in to this exact statement, right? What is your mission? What is your vision? And your purpose. It sounds so grand and big, but when you start to break it down into kind of those like investigative questions, like the five W's, like who, what, where, when, why, or how, or whatever. So I think that's five. Don't, I'm not a good counter. I only count up to eight guys. So. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? These investigative questions to help you really dig into finding out your why, right? So instead of thinking of like, why am I doing this? It can really be broken down simply. And so you have a very strong statement to stand behind. And also this statement can change as you change as a teacher. So if you have a pen and paper, grab it. If you are driving, hang tight. You can write down (laughs) all of this stuff later. So the first question, who are you? So I'm gonna share some examples of my answers for these as I was writing them out for you guys today. So who are you? I am a passionate leader and teacher who organizes community events and develops creative resources for other bar professionals. Great, simple, can be a very simple statement. Question number two, what do you want to accomplish through your work? My answer, I want to impact the bar community by offering the tools and strategies for teachers to incorporate in their own work to gain more fulfillment and joy. Boom. Okay, so write those questions down, think about them, you can come back to them. Question number three, how would you like to facilitate your work? My work is facilitated through in-person group classes, online videos, community events, and through teacher trainings and workshops. Question number four, where do you see yourself taking your work? For myself, I see myself taking my work internationally in person as well as online as well as online. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. I see my work being used by all different types of bar teachers with different backgrounds of education. I see the online video library growing to support my in-person events, creating a larger web of support and teacher tools for all bar instructors. That was one, two, three, four questions. Taking those four questions, just read over what you wrote. And the last thing that you're going to do is you're going to come up with your MVP statement, your mission, vision, purpose statement. And using the things that I wrote, this is what I came up with. My mission as a passionate leader and teacher is to organize community events and develop creative resources for bar professionals. These events and resources will be presented in person in person group classes, online videos, community events, and through teacher trainings and workshops. The vision I have for my work is to make an impact in the industry by offering tools and strategies for all bar instructors to gain more fulfillment and joy. My vision is a more inclusive bar community where there is truly room for everyone. I see myself taking my work internationally in person as well as online. I see my work being used by all different types of bar teachers with different backgrounds of education. I see the online video library growing to support my in-person events, creating a larger web of support and teaching tools for all bar teachers. Okay, there it is. So now it is your turn. Take these four questions. Who are you? What do you want to accomplish through your work? How would you like to facilitate your work? And where do you see yourself taking your work? And whether you teach one hour or a million, this is a great exercise to really reinvigorate the drive behind what you do and why you're teaching. So you can decide to pause here or come back later and really work through these things. It's a really fun exercise. You can get as detailed as you want. You can change your answer if you decide you've changed your path. So it's just a nice way to check in and see see what's going on. Are you in alignment with what you wanna do? Right? So if you have this MVP statement and it it's not really lining up with what you're doing right now, then maybe it's something you're working towards. So say I want, you know say I wanna I see a vision for myself becoming an author or becoming a keynote speaker write that in your statement. Even if you haven't done it just yet, your vision is a moment where you can set your future. You can set that goal in that vision and say what you want to do and start incorporating into your MVP statement. That way you can make those steps to work towards that goal. So have fun with it no pressure no one has to read it it is for you but if you do feel like sharing i always love hearing from you guys and you can send me an email at info at okay and now we have a new community question so before we get into the interview i want to ask you guys something and i want to check in with our last month's community question Okay, last month's community question was, what are your unique talents as a bar teacher? I got some really good comments. I'm going to share these. These are from the Bar Variation VIPs in the Facebook group, okay? So if you're not a member of that Facebook group, get on it. It is such an amazing group of support and positivity, and everyone is super, super nice and here to kind of lift each other up and also, you know, share some resources if you are in need of them. So. Again, what are your new, unique talents as a bar teacher? And Jillian Bamford said, I'm real. I'm a work in progress. I don't pretend to be the best at all of the moves and make sure my clients know I have to try hard slash have my own challenges for some things too. Keeping it real. Love it. Such a great unique talent. Another one um, from Brandy Joe. Being able to cue and talk about form and the muscles being worked throughout the length of class or the connection and movement with the mind. Connecting mind and body is such an amazing, unique talent. So great. And then Dawn, last one here, Dawn Hudson. Being able to connect with them on mindset and how they have progressed over the year. I see clients for multiple types of classes and I like to show them pictures of when they first started or comment on progress they have made with their planks or squats, et cetera. So giving these like reference tools so good. Other unique talents that came up, creativity, humor, making them sweat, making class fun and feeling great, positive empowerment, awesome unique talents. So thank you for everybody who shared and I cannot wait for more sharing. So if you're not a member of the Barbarians VIP group on Facebook, get on it. There's some amazing, amazing people on here. And you can share with them as well. So this month, your community question is, how did you get your start in movement slash fitness? So this is a question I ask all my interviewees, and it's just a great way to kind of see what's coming up. Like, what's your story as a mover or as a fitness professional? So go back to the beginning. Another free write exercise for you. How did you get your start in movement and fitness? So you can share your answer by emailing me at info at com, by jumping into the Facebook Bar Variations VIP group and sharing your answer there. I'll be posting this question after the episode. All of this stuff is in the show notes, so Scroll on down and check it out. And I cannot wait to hear from you. I want to hear where you got your start. Maybe you were two years old in dance class. Maybe you weren't. Maybe you were in college or maybe it was after. I'm so excited to hear what you guys have to say because each of our stories can be very different and also very similar as well. So, up next, stay tuned, don't go anywhere. It's my interview with Stephanie Lyons, president of Bar Intensity. are you a bar addict a social butterfly or just getting started in bar fitness do you want to feel good and look good during your sweat session if the answer is yes you must visit fitforbar.com and shop their exclusive activewear and athleisure styles designed for your bar workout and beyond from hats to bar socks and everything in between each piece from this female-owned boutique has been bar tested and approved from the best in the business and with free domestic shipping, easy returns, and a buy now, pay later option, fitforbar.com provides an online shopping experience fit for a bar queen. So go ahead and treat yourself to some new apparel from fitforbar.com. You deserve it. Happy shopping. Hi, listeners. Thank you for joining. And I'm here today with Stephanie Lyons, president of Bar Intensity. Prior to Hello. Yay, thank you for coming. Uh, Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So prior to Stephanie's career in the fitness industry, Stephanie spent nine years in the digital advertising space as a project manager and account director. Although her professional background started in business marketing, Stephanie is no stranger to the art of movement. Combining her years as a dance student and professional dancer, Stephanie has 20 years of dance experience and 11 years as a bar instructor. Whoa. And Stephanie has completed her Stop Pilates mat in reformer training, is certified in Knocked Up Fitness, prenatal and postnatal exercise specialist, ACE and AFA group fitness certified and educated through WITS. For personal training. Stephanie has a bachelor's degree in business marketing from Michigan State University. And when she isn't working, Stephanie enjoys attending group fitness classes at local studios in her hometown area of Royal Oak, Michigan, and spending time with her husband and daughters, Angelina and Evelyn. Welcome Stephanie. (laughs) Thank you Michelle. Happy to be here with you. Yes. Thank you for joining me today and um, as we talked a little bit before we started recording we've got connected through the almighty Instagram and I just have to say I'm so inspired by you and your team over at Bar Intensity.
1: So, So sweet. Thank you. Feelings mutual. Good.
0: Yeah it's uh I feel like I owe Instagram some like claps or a, a bow down. Be like, Thank you. you <laughs> know, I,
1: all. <laughs> it's true. You know, I, I think things are, are a bit of trial and error and Instagram has been a very successful trial and error. I mean, for, for my business, for Bar Intensity as well, it it's led me to, uh, you know, master trainers mm-hmm. that I've, I've had with me for years. I mean, truly through an Instagram connection, it's it's mm-hmm. brought Oh, nice. so much business my way. And then, um, you know, just connections with, with people like yourself. And uh, it's, it's an incredible platform I think for the fitness community.
0: It really is incredible. Um, I'll shout out another podcast called how I built this and the two founders of Instagram um, do an interview on it and just them talking about what they wanted it to be, or not wanted it to be, or started out as, and then how it grew to the photos and the location and just making these connections. It's, yeah, it was really, it's a good one to listen to because it's so true. It's, I would say 95% of my business alone, and I would not have made the connections out, you know, otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty amazing. Um, yes, agree. So we're going to start from the very beginning of your movement life. No, I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) But um, I'd like
0: you to tell us um, when and how did you get started in movement? And, you know, as a dancer, I'm sure
1: that was a long time ago. So if you could just um, tell us about that. Of course. So I think, you know, well, when I got started was five years old, how I think the way most young girls get started, their their mothers put them into dance, whether it's something they did when they were younger or they didn't do and they wish that they did. Um, you know, I don't, I, at five years old, I didn't recall necessarily asking my mom to be put into dance, but, but I was there. And, um, you know, it, it just, it became such an integral part of my life. I was your typical, you know, dancing five days a week, sometimes even more when it was competition season. Um, you know, every day after school, it was that that rush to f- put some food in your mouth and then get <laughs> yourself to the studio. Um, it was a very, very big part of my life until I got into high school and I joined a, the high school POM team, which was also competitive. And for anyone who did competitive dance, you'll understand that there is no other time in your schedule there, there's no additional time in your schedule for anything other than dance mm-hmm. um, and when you take a step back from competition but are still enrolled at your dance studio um, you're almost shunned in a way so you know I, I was put in the back of of all these routines and dance didn't necessarily be didn't stay fun for me mm-hmm. um, whereas you know pom did I, I really loved being involved with my school i loved having that additional time with my my friends through through a very team oriented atmosphere. So I I stopped dancing sophomore year or junior year of high school and then solely focused my time with pom and for me it was at that point more than just movement and and the physical aspect of it it was leadership, it was problem solving, um, you know, highs and lows and it was it was a lot of you know performance still, which is really what I what I've always loved about dance is is the performance aspect mm. of it. Mm. Um, and then from there it you know it carried over it into college and and afterwards. So dance and, and movement, it's always been a part of my life. It's taken various you know shapes and forms, but it's been a part of me since I was five.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, and so many people that have a dance background have that same story. It just become such a great a part of your life you know it's like you mm-hmm. it's just a part of it it's like you don't think about it and it's I think movement in general if it's an introduced to children at a young age it's a habit it's a mm-hmm. you crave it it feels good your body feels good and uh, yes. you know you kind of yes. forget why you even start, started it in the first place or you didn't right you didn't choose it right it was chosen for you so
1: and And, you know, even though I, you know, I I didn't move to New York or L.A. to to pursue dance, you know, professionally, I I dance for professional teams, Mm -hmm. but I I didn't pursue it as my full-time profession. You know, I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. And without the foundation in dance, I 100% believe I would not be in the position i'm at with the bar and fitness world because the two at least you know in my opinion bar and dance they they complement each other very well and the choreography skills that i learned as a dancer and and the body awareness and, and just the movement mm-hmm. has helped me out so much with bar and just the memory
0: aspect of memorizing choreography if if you want to train anybody to like have a memory skill. (laughs) That is something that I think dancers are, you know, much more proficient at in general. Like people ask me, how do you remember what we just did? Like, I remember in the moment, ask me in an hour, I'll have no idea what I just taught you. (laughs) I know. I know. I agree. But it's, yeah, it's great. Um, You know, it's a great skill But you were mentioning before too and I can kind of relate to this I did not um, I competed in gymnastics for a few years and I dabbled in competing in dance I never was like a competition kid myself and um, you know if you could speak more on like that team aspect of palm I guess, you know but mm-hmm. that's something you know dance is very individual even though you're dancing in a group you're still trying to shine you're still competing for roles and spots. So maybe you could elaborate on that a little bit more and what made you, um, you know, kind of go towards palm rather than, uh, traditional dance.
1: You know, I, I honestly think it was a combination of things. I I do think a lot of it had to do with just friendships that I've made. Mm -hmm. So I, I was friendly with those that I danced with, but they weren't my good friends. They weren't mm-hmm. my best friends. And mm-hmm. when I went to high school, that's where I really formed these these bonds and these relationships with with others who happened to be my teammates. So I, I felt truly like I, I got to spend more time with my friends. Which right. is always a plus, especially when you're in in high school. Yeah, but um, you know, you you alluded to this. So dance is dance is very movement, and even though you are in a group, you don't always have to be a soloist. So when you are in a group, you're all doing the same thing, but at least when I was in dance, it wasn't ingrained into our head for everyone to be pointing their pinky finger in the same direction. And, you know, the, the, the direction of of their shoulder placement or or even paying as close attention to your perfect lines. Mm. um, We didn't spend as much time focusing on that. It was, here's where you go on one. Here's where you go on two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And that was pretty much the extent of it. Just be Mm. there on that count Um, where palm is very precision based. I mean, Mm -hmm. we got down to the very last detail of how to check left and right for your lines and and diagonals. And, you know, you don't just reach your arm up, it has to your your wrist has to be at a certain angle, it was extremely detailed. So dance was a little bit more out of the box, palm was very in the box. And some people like out of the box. For me, I just found, I just found a sense of you know, a true accomplishment Mm. when me and my team could all be in unison together because we're all different people from different backgrounds with different bodies. And somehow at the end of the season, when when we could all look like one, Mm. to me, that was pretty amazing. That's an amazing lesson to learn
0: as a young, young woman, that type of camaraderie and even just you're getting a anatomy training without even knowing it, learning those lines mm-hmm. and being, you know, and having to work together. I mean, that's just, there's so many gems <laughs> in, yeah. in a team sport. And I think that is something that a lot of dancers miss out on because it's not so team-based and that was my experience at least. Um, you know, I, I was friends with girls I danced with and obviously college was a little different for me and I had good friends in college, but when I was a kid it was just kind of like my thing and but you're not trying to accomplish something together. And I think that's a, such a great point. And yeah, it's really good as yeah. a teenager with all the garbage going around you, that right. <laughs> you have a support system, you know, to- and
1: you know, with, with dance there, there are a lot of routines. So when you're in competition, you don't just do one routine. Mm-hmm. You are in, I mean, my gosh, 20, sometimes, well, you know, 15 numbers. Um, so, Yes, all of your numbers are important, but not, not as important as when you only have one. one. So in Palm, we only had one number that we were, one routine that we were working towards for mm. our competition. Mm. Um, now, we had different competitions, so that number would change throughout the year, but we weren't working on 15 routines at once. So right. this one routine, we put everything, everything we had into it, and mm. I mean, talk about highs and lows and, and you know, like tears of happiness, yes. tears of sadness. I mean, because this was our, this was, this one routine was our everything. Um,
0: yeah. So I it, could just it, you know, cry just, like, listening to that. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's so true. Yeah. And you're
1: just like, this is the one shot.
0: Like I, um, I went to go see, I was very lucky. I got on a lottery to go see Hamilton in the song, you know, one oh. shot or whatever.
1: And I was just like, oh yes I still I still tear up I'm not an emotional person I'm I'm really not (laughs) but the one thing don't ask me why when I am watching a tv show or if I'm watching my niece's cheer competition Mm -hmm. whenever they announce the winner or (laughs) I get choked up I don't know why come it just brings back all this emotion yes
0: come find me during the olympics and I'm Balling my eyes out every single time. <laughs> yes. I, I it it strikes me to my soul because I think when you work at something, especially for such a long time at such a young age, right? You were started dancing at five, all the way through high school. Mm-hmm. That's fifteen years or thirteen years, you know, or more. That mm-hmm. you're, you know, a lot of girls are dancing for twenty years, and you know what that feels like to work towards something epic and then to see somebody else that's even more epic and that's like it's the literal gold oh Mm -hmm. there's nothing I'm with you I will I'll cry just thinking about it (laughs) yes yes so great so um after high school or in college when did you come to find bar um as a class
1: bar came to me after it was after college I was working uh, at my advertising agency job and I, um, a wife of of one of my colleagues, she knew that I danced and she knew that I like fitness because I was, was going to the gym, you know, Mm kind of doing my own thing. And she said, you know, Stephanie, you have to come try this bar class with me. I think you would love it just knowing your background and how you, you know, you like to move. And at that point, you know, I'd I'd never tried bar before. This was probably um, 12, 13 years ago, 13 years ago, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, So I said, okay, sure, why not? Um, I remember it being very expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like look at the price (laughs) of packages. I'm like, oh my gosh, this (laughs) this better change me overnight. Um, But I went, I took the class and I just loved everything about it. And knowing what I know now, the first bar class that I took and that I got hooked to was it was a little bit more on the non-traditional side. Okay. Um I mean it it included all the aspects of bar, so it had it was a full body workout. It was small range of motion. Um but the instructor was he he, he was male mm-hmm. and he was I mean he was a performer. You know, the way he would kind of move around the room and the way he would push you and motivate you to do more I mean, if you weren't doing something he would call you out which <laughs> that doesn't work for everyone right but that approach worked for me um he usually encouraged us to grow I won't say heavy weights but five pound weights or eight pound weights that's heavy were <laughs> common yeah <laughs> that's heavy. they were common in his class and I know okay. there's some techniques that go a little heavier but okay. um you know, so I, I just I loved it. The class always flew by. I just appreciated the instructor's energy and and his choice in music. And I got my butt kicked every single time, like nothing else I had done. And so that's how that's how I was introduced to bar. So I w- I was a client for a while. I mean, not too long though before I started teaching, maybe a year. Um, and then friends of mine started taking bar. but at a different place. And I was like, oh, I'm going to see what their place is all about. And uh, I saw on their website, they were holding a teacher training and the rest, I guess, is kind of history. That's amazing. So about a year in after taking class, um, what was the first teacher training you went through? So the first teacher training was actually bar intensity. Uh, Yes, it was at that time, it was under a different ownership. And it was a slightly different format. It was a different business model. But that was the first that was my teacher training. Amazing. So mm-hmm.
0: how long after teaching, did you um, jump into the more admin role of now president? <laughs> so
1: it was, it's funny, because I vividly remember thinking this in my head, which I'll share it. And I'll admit, it's not the best attitude to have. But it was my attitude at the time. So I was working full time at an advertising agency and I truly believed I was going to climb this corporate ladder in, in the ad world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, I traveled for work. Um, and, uh, so whenever I would travel, I would let the studio know that I was teaching barre. at, Hey, you know, I'm not going to be able to teach. And, and that was kind of that. I I wasn't you know I wasn't worried about oh well what if they you know take me off the schedule because you know I'm I'm requesting subs too much or because I remember one time I had to ha- take two weeks off there were two weeks in a row that I just I couldn't do it because I had to travel for work
0: mm.
1: and I remember thinking in my head well you know this advertising this is my this is my career this is my number one thing so if bar has to take a back seat you know then so be it and the funny thing now is bar is, is my whole world. Mm-hmm. It's everything. It is my career. I never thought it would be ever. Mm-hmm. I thought I was just doing it for fun as a side job at the time I didn't have any kids. So time was on my side. Um, and now it's, it's, I, I live and breathe it literally every single day. But to, to answer your question, um, I bought the studio that I taught at. Hmm. along with Bar Intensity in 2014. So I quit my job. Literally one day I decided I just can't do this anymore. Um, And I went down this path of being a studio owner and at the same time owning Bar Intensity. I had truly thought at the time back in 2014 that the studio was going to be my number one focus and priority and Bar Intensity was going to be something where maybe I did two to four teacher trainings a year very small out of my studio Um, and what I very very quickly found out and by quickly I mean within the first six months is my passion for bar intensity and and teacher training was exponentially higher than being a studio owner that Mm. two years later I sold my studio in 2016 and Mm. that's when I started solely focusing on bar intensity that's amazing That's such a great, Mm -hmm.
0: great story. You just never know where your path is going to lead you. You Um, don't. I was professionally dancing at the time when I was asked by a studio owner that I taught for, hey, let's bring a bar class to the studio. And I'm like, that's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no one wants to do that. (laughs) I also had a bit of an attitude and I just, I was dancing. I was like, who would want to do that? I just, I don't like it. I'm already dancing, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I'm 24. Let's just leave it at that. I'm 24. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, it led me down a path with a different company and now starting my own. Like you just, you just don't know. And even, you know, my, I'm coming up on a one-year anniversary and, you know, when this gets launched, it'll be past that, but thank you. And then thinking just like, I wrote a manual and I was like, I'm just going to let people buy it. I don't care who buys it. I'm not going to do much with it. (laughs) Um, And it did stuff with me, you know what I mean? So you just never, and you just never know where you're going to wake up and find your passion. And it's so, it's such a privilege, I think. Of what we get to do you get to wake up and do what you love and most people can't say that which i totally get and i get that there's also a means to an end so as long as you can support mm-hmm. some kind of fire inside it's great but
1: we're very very lucky
0: to do it every day we are
1: <laughs> i i truly love mondays so right now with with what i do i do have more of an you know office admin approach i'm I'm more focusing on building and growing the business versus working in the day-to-days of the business. So I, I, you know, now I have a team of master trainers that do the instructor trainings. I still do about, you know, three to four a year, but not two a month that I used to be doing. Um, You know, I have a brand manager who takes care of setting trainings up and, and managing customer service inquiries. So, you know, I can spend more time building and growing um, the business. So, so for me, a lot of what I do takes place, you know, Monday through Friday during the day, my, my girls go to school and, and daycare, but I love Mondays. And I never, I never loved Mondays mm. working at an advertising agency, but as you said, I, I truly, truly get to do what I love. It took me, uh, I don't know, thir- 32 years <laughs> to, to figure it out, but I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. It's
0: um, And I'm sure having your advertising background helps You know, when you're doing the branding and stuff like that and hiring mm-hmm. people because um, it is a business. And even when you are a studio owner or if you're just a teacher, you're essentially running your own business. So no one teaches you that, I don't think, in school unless you did go to PR or marketing school. And you know that learning curve is steep for a lot of people. So even if you're just now, I shouldn't just say just, even if you're a teacher, you have to
1: mm-hmm.
0: market yourself to studios, you have to, you know, client retention. Like, it plays a role in the day to day, and it's it can be yes. a steep learning curve for a lot of people. And, um, I know I'm still learning, I went to school for yeah. dance, you know, <laughs> you and then you just yeah. discover, like, oh, like I know how to do that, you just word it differently, or and all of that. But, I, um, can you speak a little bit more of how? Maybe marketing and maybe that that background, your yes. view of it changed when you started doing something you enjoyed
1: more. Yes, absolutely. And what I'll say is what I've noticed in the fitness industry is um, a lot of people in the fitness industry, they, they build their business because they're they're good instructors or they're good personal trainers. And, you know, obviously that would make sense. Mm-hmm. You need to start doing – the, the actual work of teaching class or, or training clients before you go and build a business out of it. But the thing is, that's only one part of the business. And, and really, when you look at being a business owner like myself, sometimes you that's not even the most important part anymore, right? You have to do everything else that goes behind a business. So for, for me, I was lucky starting this because I, I knew how to write an email. I knew how to set up a meeting. And it sounds silly to say, but if I wasn't in the, the advertising nine to five world, I wouldn't know proper email etiquette. I wouldn't know how to schedule a meeting. Um, I wouldn't know how to, to prospect. So a, a little bit of what I did was sales. Right. So how do you build a business? You have to start by researching and, and contacting people. It's it's not the most fun thing to do. You, you get turned down, but I I learned the skills to, to, to prospect and, and to build clientele from my previous life that all helps me get to where I am today without that knowledge I feel like I would just be spinning my wheels which at some point even when you know what you're doing you're spinning your wheels but I would be I would be completely lost Um, there's there's definitely a specific skill set you know to business that is very very different than teaching your class for an hour. Right. And I think that Um, definitely
0: shows like, you know, being a good teacher is one thing, learning the moves or the understanding the why behind the moves or how to do them and the mechanics and all of that. That's just the first part. And for a lot of people that Mm -hmm. maybe don't have a movement background coming into it. And I can, I understand how that's very intimidating, but thinking Mm -hmm. it more like, okay, well, what skills do I have that maybe other trainers or teachers don't have right maybe it is marketing maybe yeah. it is the business part and that will actually launch you way further <laughs> than just right and I can't I should stop saying just but being a good teacher that'll take you mm-hmm. far and it might take you a little bit longer if you don't know how to make connections or if you don't really know who to reach out to or you just kind of stay in one spot and you don't really reach out further or see that potential um you know, you don't know your value in the market as a teacher. So it's interesting.
1: And a lot, a lot of instructors, if instructing is your full-time job. So some teachers, they, they teach, but they also have, you know, something more full-time. But for those that are teaching full-time, there comes a point where you don't want to teach full-time anymore, whether it just be a little bit of mental burnout or, or physical burnout or your life changes. You don't want to be working evenings and weekends, whatever it may be. And so if teaching in fitness is what you're doing full time, having a little bit of a business background or, or dabbling into more the business side of things is going to help you with that next step. What do you want to do you know, when you don't want to be teaching 20 classes a week? Yes what's next? And those those are that's what you're going to need to the, the skills you're going to have and the things you're going to need to start thinking about now to set yourself up for when that time comes.
0: Yeah, that what next question isn't it in, is inevitable. And I started teaching right after college. I was teaching dance, I was teaching Pilates, started teaching bar and you can bring me up to last year. I was 10 years into teaching and it's like okay, I can't possibly teach 30 hours a week of movement or instructing or, you know, speak. I can't speak that much anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. I love it and I can do it, but there's a hustle. And I think that hustle is very important for new teachers to teach on a Saturday, teach on a Sunday, try, you know, figure out what works in your life and what works for you and your energy and your output but there is, you do come up. And I think any career is like that too. Okay, what's next? How can I mm-hmm. sustain this for the next 10 or 20? You know, I'm not sure my generation is ever retiring. So it's like, what's right. for the no. next 80? Like, here we go until 100, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's such an important thing to say. And it's just always being open to, you know, the skills that you have or dabbling and trying, seeing, how you can think a little bit outside of the box when it comes to not just teaching hour to hour classes. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking of teaching, how would you describe your own personal teaching style?
1: My own personal teaching style truly stems stems from that, that first class that I took Mm -hmm. from, from that first studio I was at, which was, it was a boutique studio. And it was, you know, their their own style of bar, it it wasn't through a franchise, which I've, I've taken many franchises, and I, I love them. But this one happened to be a boutique studio. So my style, I mean, it's more intense, hence the name bar <laughs> intensity, but um, it's a little bit more intense in, in the sunset. Okay, so yes, we burn and fatigue the muscles, you are going to get that traditional bar burn and feel a little bit of that shake. But for me, when when I do my own personal workouts, I like to get a little sweaty, i like to get my heart rate up a little bit. Um, And so that's what I fused into bar intensity and the style that I teach. So in addition to the small range of motion movements, or big range of motion as well, number one, to work on elevating that heart rate, number two, to stretch in an active and dynamic way. So in my style of teaching, we for the most part, save our static stretching for the very end of class, we don't do that traditional, you know, three minute stretch in the middle of class, or we don't do a stretch after every series. We, we pretty much keep the class moving Mm -hmm. and we save it to the very end, but your body's still lengthening. It's just through movement. Um, I'm with you
0: on that one. I, I definitely, I do the same. I keep the longer static stretching for the end of class. And You know, if I see people a little tired, we might throw a stretch in there, but I like to keep it moving. I mean, New York City, time is money, everyone's there to you gotta get it in. You gotta get all of the muscles, all of the movement in. Um which is good. That sounds fun. And now are you um, kinda are you do you draw inspiration from that first class as um in the aspect of like are you more like a motivating boot camp type teacher, or what kind of like
1: voice do you have as a teacher? so i I'm a little bit more of a motivating boot camp but but we you know what we talk about in our teacher trainings is motivate but in a positive way mm-hmm. so you know we're not going to say if you're not sweating then you're not working <laughs> or don't you dare put those knees down you know there's no <laughs> knees down in my class so we're we're motivating, um, but more so, you know, more so from the sense of, you know, dig deep within yourself. This is your last eight, give it all you got, I know you can do this. But at the same time, you know, five minutes before that, I've told them, you could take a break at any point in time, you know, this is your workout. So if, if your body, if something in your body is telling you to slow down, then slow down. Um, but I'm always going to say keep going, but you listen to yourself. So we're motivating boot camp, but in a much wish, nicer yeah. way. I like it. <laughs> in a much nicer I like way. It. I always. Um, and oh yeah, go on. I was just going to say, and, and for me, so so bar is is mind body. Truly, I think any type of fit- fitness that you do, the most effective way you can get it done is if your mind is turned on. Um, however, the general population sometimes they don't always want to mm-hmm. think. Their their mind goes elsewhere, or they don't. Their, their proprioception is is not you know, at, at at a certain level to, to truly tap into the mind and body. And so the style that, that we also teach is, okay, so let's say no one turned their minds on, you know, could they still walk out getting a workout without doing high impact exercises? Um, and that's, that's a goal of mine, because for me right now, bar is for the masses. It's for the, the general population. You're You're seeing it not just inside the boutique studios anymore the way I did 13 years ago. You're not just seeing it in the the bar franchise studios. You're seeing it in in health clubs and gyms and, um, you know, everywhere. So how do you appeal to the masses? And it's give them a really good workout whether or not they're they're connected to the mind. Um, And so that's a little bit of what we do as well. It's another reason why we do the bigger range of motion movements because – you're going to feel it no matter what.
0: I, I love what you said there. I mean, I have a lot of clients that come in with do you want like one-on-ones and this is more Pilates specific, but they just had a long day or they're starting their day. They don't want to think about anything or they're, it's mm-hmm. their social hour. They just, they're working yeah. in their house all day. No one's there except for them. And they're like, I need to talk to a human, but I also need to work out. And I, it, that's been a challenge as a, teacher for me but I've totally embraced it now I have a client that comes in all he wants to do is talk about what he watched on Netflix and I'm like cool I'm down I will watch Netflix I'll come in we can (laughs) talk about the show and he all of a sudden he's like why am I sweating like well we're doing yeah squats planks we're jumping around and but he's not you know he's not connected
1: he's not thinking right but he's like oh I feel
0: I feel good. I'm getting, you know, it's, I sneak it in. It's like right. sneaky killer kind of workout.
1: <laughs> exactly. I agree. You sneak it in. And, yeah. and And you put in those, those verbal mind body cues. If people pick it up, great. If they don't, that's okay. You're, you're still giving them a good workout and they, and they leave bar feeling like they don't need to go on the elliptical. Mm-hmm. I've had people that have come to my bar class for the first time and before class, they'll say, oh, well, um, you know, after this, I'm going to go, you know, <laughs> my friend and I, we're going to go on a run or, you know, they're, they're going to go do some other sort of physical activity afterwards. I go, okay, you know, we'll see how you feel afterwards. And they're like, oh my gosh, I, this is the, you know, this is the first time I took a bar class and, and I feel like I don't have to do anything else afterwards. And to your point about mm-hmm. being in New York City and, and time is money, it's you in order, and in, in, again, in my opinion, in order for your bar class to be successful, one hour with you has to be enough. Mm-hmm. They have to feel like it's enough. Um, uh, if not, yeah. it's going to be hard to build your classes. A hundred percent on
0: that. I mean, if, if you have people coming in and it, because bar is a full body workout, you're working the arms, working the legs, you're working the abs, you have the back, everything you're turning out, you're parallel, you're, you're moving your body mm-hmm. in all directions and because it's it's efficient in that way right you're you're not really stopping to set up a ton you know the setup and the queuing is all happening while you're moving so it's a super efficient workout and if you have people that are wanting to then do something right after it's then we got to step it up and in my opinion it's, it's cuz yes because I, you know, when I first started teaching, I tell this story a lot. But I started teaching a lot of women that were, you know, I I won't even say fifty five; they were like sixty and older. And one kindly told, and I was first teaching. They one kindly told me, like, "Oh, you're really kind of taking it easy on us." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, twenty two year old me." I was like, "I'll," sh-. and they st- they made me step up. And now I'm like, no. Every I yeah. have clients that are in their eighties. I mean, I've had a guy who's a hundred. I treat everyone the same, and I let their incredible. body inform me. You know, if they can't do something, uh-huh. then okay, then we'll scale back. But I can't assume that anybody is coming in at a certain level. I just can't assume because you just can't judge a book by its cover. Right. And yeah, I really think like it's that they're paying for that hour. And what you said earlier about you know being surprised at how much classes are—I mean, it's incredible the amount of money that people spend on fitness these days. And it's amazing for us. But if you're spending, you know, 40, this is again, New York city. If you're spending $40 a class, you better get something out of that class. (laughs) Oh yeah.
1: You better not be able to go grocery shopping afterwards. That's what I say. I don't even want you to be able to lift your grocery bags from your car to your front door. You need to go home and rest after my class.
0: I want to feel every dollar that I Mm spent in, or if it's a more gentle, relax, I want to feel then so Zen that I could float out, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like if I'm taking, right, like, you know, I think we're all on board nowadays, like wellness and fitness, it's not a trend, right? It's, it's part of life and the masses are now more on board than ever, right? Like we're talking about smoothies, we're talking about healthy eating, we're talking about bar. I mean, bar wasn't a mainstream thing for a while. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think jumping on everybody's kind of education has kind of upped a little bit so we can kind of up that as well. And people Mm -hmm. are valuing it. They're spending a lot of money. So it's good. It just makes us, you know, yeah, step it up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I tell people, you know, bar intensity. So again, intensity is in our name. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, I think this will be too intense for Mm -hmm you know, the people, those that I teach and I say, listen, if, if you're a if you can walk up and down a flight of stairs, I'm not talking about a steep flight of stairs. I'm just talking about a regular flight of stairs. Just once. If you can do it just once, if your knee joints will allow it, if your hip joints will allow it, then you could do a full bar intensity class Mm -hmm. without a doubt. Don't, don't think about the age. Don't think about what they've been doing previously. They've, they've been coming to some sort of fitness right? They, they can go up and down the stairs at your gym. Um, they can do a bar intensity class or, or, or a more intense bar class. You can step it up with them. It's going to be okay. Because you know why, if it's not, you've, you've progressed your choreography you've given them different options. You've let them know that, you know, they don't have to go as deep or, or, you know, hold plank with straight legs. You've given them other options, Mm -hmm. but if they can take it one step up, give them that opportunity to take it one step up.
0: I love that. That's great advice. And my next question was going to be, what advice would you give to a new teacher? And maybe you can expand upon that kind of aspect of layering in so you can always progress or regress and exercise.
1: Yeah. So one of the things there's, there's actually, you know, two, two pieces of advice I, I would give. Um, but the first I'll Talk about the the progression and, and regression, so with bar intensity one of our um, one of our principles is is to layer and build mm-hmm. so you start with with an exercise i 'll just say a very basic exercise bicep curls um, and and you have no movement in the legs and the lower body. you cue the biceps, everything that needs to be discussed, and then you you layer in let 's say a squat as the elbows bend, the knees bend, so now you 're working in lower body and upper body together indirectly is going to elevate the heart rate. It's going to be more for your mind to think about. So it's challenging your mind. Um, but hey, you know what, if, if, if the lower body is taking away from the focus of the biceps, which is the primary focus of of what we're doing right now, then keep your legs straight. Just, you know, remember how we started, keep your legs straight. Okay, so now we're doing bicep curls, and we're squatting. And now I, I want to take it up a notch, I want to get them a little bit more breathy, get them a little sweaty. So I might take it to a squat, bicep curl, and then I add a knee lift on at the end of that. So we're squatting, standing up tall and lifting one leg up off the ground. Um, So, you know, then I let my class know, if the knee lift is not what you were looking for today and you wanna keep both feet planted on the ground and continue to squat, you're absolutely welcome to do that. Or remember, you can keep your knees still, stand tall, and continue focusing on the work of your biceps. So what I've done is I've given three different levels and three different options to challenge every single person in the room, essentially. Um, What I've also done is I didn't need to take the time to stop and show a modification. Mm -hmm. So sometimes instructors will start with something advanced and then have to say, if you want a different option, watch me. I'm going to show you something else that you could do. Now you're stopping the flow of class. Right. Just let everyone feel their options. Layer on, build on, because each option needs its own set of queuing anyways. And what you've done is you've created a class for all levels, and, and you're letting everyone choose what level works for them. Absolutely. And also, you not. Know, some people, I always find that,
0: if you start too high of a level and you say, okay, and the modification is
1: mm-hmm. guess how
0: many people take the modification zero mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially the ones that, right. that need it. But if it's not, right. I feel like if it's not called out upon, not that you can't call mm-hmm. out, like, especially in planks, a lot of risk people, no shame. They're just like, I'm going out on my sure. elbows, right? Like yeah. that's just not happening. But something like you described having that layer in, they don't have to call attention to themselves that they're not squatting, right? And they don't feel different or they don't feel outside. And mm-hmm. it's important because it gives them permission to right, take on what they can without feeling like, okay, now I'm doing something different. Well, I don't want to not get the benefits of this class. So I'm just going to, I'll just push through it.
1: Right. So, and, Jeff, and, and you speak to it in a way of, you know, again, you talk about, you know, th- what we really want to be fo- focusing on is biceps. So, you know, there's, there's, there's no shame in focusing on your biceps right now, because later on we're going to be focusing on thighs or glutes. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about busting out those squats right now. Mm-hmm. Don't, I promise you we're, we're going to work those muscles later. Um, and sometimes I, I make it relatable to me. Like, you know, you guys, if you're ever in a class with me, you're going to see me taking other options or you're going to see me putting my, my knees down on the ground during plank. Um, you know, I do it because it just works better for my body. I feel I I feel my muscles more turned on when I put my knees down in plank than when my legs are straight. You know, so I, I try to make it um, I make it relatable to myself. I let them know, you know, you're not missing out mm-hmm. by not doing this because you're still going to work those muscles mm-hmm. and um, they feel more comfortable taking whatever option works for them.
0: Yeah. And that relatability is so important too, because sometimes as an instructor, we get put on these pedestals of like, oh, they must be able to do it all. Right. Or, yeah. oh, well you teach. So you might. I'm like, well, actually I talk all day. I don't do
1: Pilates know.
0: all day. I don't do bar all day. And quite frankly, I, most of you are probably stronger than me in certain things because yeah. you're here five days a week, six days a week. And so I always give you know, I give the options as well. And I'm like, I would take no weights, but you are free to take three pounds. <laughs> so, <Right>. you know, <laughs> I have to stand right. up here all day, but I, you know, I don't pr- work out with you with certain things because, you know, whatever, it's just not how I like my arms to look. So that, mm-hmm. that's not on anyone else. But so, yeah, it's so important to say those things and it makes everybody kind of be able to get the best workout they can which is so
1: great um mm-hmm. so oh yeah sorry well and one more yeah. piece of advice for new instructors so when I when I was trained mm-hmm. and and you know certified uh, there was um I, I had a dance background but that was it and by dance background I uh, not a dance degree just you know studio dancing and in a team you know mm-hmm. palm atmosphere uh, so when I did the training, my, my bar training, I wasn't exposed to in-depth anatomy. And mm-hmm. I don't mean anatomy that you would learn, you know, if, if you're studying to be a doctor. I just mean basic anatomy of, of movement. And it it wasn't, it's crazy to think, but it wasn't until I quit my, my advertising job and um, bought my studio and went through my, my Pilates training that anatomy was really taught to me so I was teaching for years Mm -hmm. without an understanding of of anatomy and and movement um and it changed my teaching so much so much I was still teaching pretty much the same exercises but because I understood them in a more detailed way I was able to teach them in a more effective way Mm -hmm. to my my class um so I would say you know bar intensity included um there's a lot of bar programs where anatomy is not uh, or I should say bar teacher trainings where anatomy isn't included or if it is, it's very high level because truly anatomy is a whole other mm-hmm. course of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a basic understanding for anatomy and movement, I strongly suggest instruct, you know, new instructors to to enroll themselves in a course. It'll significantly impact your teaching. Absolutely. I mean,
0: I know I struggle with that too. I've taught bar trainings that last three days that last two days. Now they are one day um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for myself. Uh, You know, there's just me and whatever. And you kind of speak to the market. Some people, you know, like look at like a TRX training. Also it's like one day and it's like, yeah, you can't. And the argument is you can't possibly learn everything in one day. And I a hundred percent agree and I also am like, right. here are the tools. And we do. I do go over anatomy, basic, basic anatomy in my teacher trainings because the setup is so important that the exercises are so secondary. If you know how to set the body up and you know what's going on, different bony landmarks, muscles, then you're really kind of – it's just applying the same information in a different form.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: with that said – I give the same advice and it's like, go out there. I am so happy. I've had the training that I've had through Pilates and through my dance university. I was able to learn anatomy prior, you know, prior to being an instructor and it's so important and you can go down the dark alley forever and ever yeah. into anatomy.
1: It's never ending. It's, never it's ending. a never ending learning process. Never ending. Never ending. And it's just never ending. only helpful to
0: get more. And especially when we go back and we can circle back to the, okay, what's next? If you're a teacher out there and you're looking like, okay, what's next? If you haven't done, say, an anatomy training or maybe another training, I would say go for it. If you are, if you're fit, if fitness is your jam and it's your career, try something different. It's only going to inform what you do better and better. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Amazing. So bar intensity, it's been around since
1: you said before when you took it over. Yeah. So bar intensity, the name itself, oh gosh, it's been around for I'm going to say 15 years. Um, Bar intensity in its current form has been around since 2014.
0: That's right, great. And then now, can you talk about a little bit what you've done to kind of revamp bar intensity into what it is today?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, starting off with some of the basics, just, just the branding. So, you know, going back to that marketing, it's, it's figuring out, figuring out a logo that resonated more with me and what I wanted the brand to be, which was a strong, a strong bar fitness format. So, um, updating the, the logo, our, our color scheme, our fonts, and then, um, tackling the manual and the manual was, oh, such a work in progress. I I don't even know how many revisions were made to it from when I first started, (laughs) to now a lot I'm still there girl I'm about to do my like
0: (laughs) 10th one I'm like oh yeah I gotta change that
1: (laughs) a lot a lot um so so just re revisiting the manual and again all of its all of its versions but so updating that material um I change the 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 business model so before it was a licensing agreement between bar intensity and the studios the studio owners and you could only go through the bar intensity training and teach bar intensity if you were affiliated with a licensed studio Mm -hmm. um that's a lot of of how bar was Mm -hmm. earlier on it was very much a licensing agreement it was very it was very controlled Mm -hmm. um but when I when I purchased Bar Intensity, those that were in the licensing agreement were not happy. They weren't happy with the support they were provided. They just they didn't they didn't real, they didn't understand where their money was going. Um, and I changed it. I made it now an agreement between Bar Intensity and the instructor, not a business. You you're an instructor. This is something you learn. You could take it with you no matter where you go. Um, you don't have to continue paying bar intensity every two years if if you don't want to. You could still say that you're trained and and certified in the bar intensity technique. So, it's it's now more about education really than it is about licensing or you know franchising for that matter. Um, and and that's that helped us out tremendously. So now we could speak to every single person essentially in the world mm-hmm. versus those that are business owners. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and then additionally a big, big component of our intensity is now our our online, uh, portal that we have. It's called bar now. So what I realized very quickly, very early on is, so we do these, um, we started off with a three day training then we went to a two day <laughs> training. And just like you said, now we have the one day offering because that's what the market demands. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do they practice with us, trainees practice with us and learn from us after the fact. So we started um, uploading classes to a to a website. And from there we, we branched off to saying, okay, everyone is welcome to, to log into our website and to view our material. You don't just have to be trained through us. We, we wanna spread what we have. And if, if you enjoy it, great. Um, so so taking an online presence was another big aspect that we launched um, in 2015. So great. I, I'm glad I met you after
0: I started doing what I was doing, because I think I would have been so into I'd be like, nope, it's already done.
1: <laughs>
0: done. It's so sweet. It's so great. And I think that it's so true, because when I first started Bar I was part of a licensing program. And it's not how things are anymore. And I think it's such a positive thing. I mean, look at the world again, I'm going to compare it to Pilates and yoga and you don't have to license to teach Pilates. You don't have to license to teach yoga. And I think it's so important to have a great foundation and whoever that is, that speaks to you and you go through their training, you should absolutely feel like you have that freedom to then build upon it with your own voice and your own style because you're going to then a hundred percent bring in people that you know connect with you and you're going to connect with them and I'm so happy that this industry is moving in that direction um because it's only going to make it better and better where it's funny because Pilates is like opposite now like now you have like a club Pilates coming in kind of like the Mm-hmm. biggest franchise that kind of came I, th- I don't even think there's is another franchise of Pilates outside of like SLT and so. that's something different um but yeah so they're kind of going backwards where we're <laughs> we might meet in the middle somewhere right it's like bar came from like these boutique studios just fran, it was really just franchises and now mm-hmm. here we are everyone can sh- share the knowledge and there's so much room for it and I'm glad I live in a city where there's 500 studios on one corner and everybody's doing good
1: <laughs> right <laughs> like right and you know and in, in competition you, you can you can fear it or you can embrace it and say well look now I have another person presenting and, and, and marketing and speaking mm-hmm. my industry and my language mm-hmm. so I look at it as you know in some sense, the more that's out there, the more awareness there is about bar and about this opportunity to learn and let like, you, let people research and, and find what speaks to them because there are different options and techniques out there. And the world is a very, very big place. Very big place. So <laughs> yeah. So great. Okay. So now we're going to do a little segment. I,
0: I do this on my social media called heard at the bar and as an avid bar, person what is something that you've heard said or around bar that either you know to be true or something that you that surprised you to be untrue so for example people often say and i'll bring us back to our conversation before people ask oh do you have to be a dancer to become a bar teacher and both of us we know that's not true but is there something else that you've kind of heard said like kind of a round bar itself that you know to be true or something that
1: surprised you to be untrue? So one thing that I heard a lot when I first started taking bar was the reason why we stretch after we fatigue a muscle is because if we don't, then the muscle will bulk. So we want to burn we want to burn out the muscle and then we want to stretch it so we can lengthen it. And that's why bar is known to be, you know, a technique that creates long lean lines and, and dancer bodies. I, I believed it. I mean, that's what people, instructors would say. So I I believed it until I took a deeper dive into anatomy Mm. and learned, no, that's not how muscles grow. (laughs) That's not how the anatomy works um your muscles don't bulk by not stretching. Now stretching is is important to keep your body fluid and to keep your joints healthy and to keep your you know your fascia healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it has nothing to do with the the shape and size and girth of your muscles. Um that's impacted by just truly the the, the makeup of your body. So we there's you know there's three categorize body types and, you know, each person falls within a certain type or or a combination of two. And some people are just naturally just, you know, naturally prone to be more muscular where others, they could train, you know, every single day in a gym using weights and and they're not going to get to, you know, someone else's level. So it's how your body is. It's, it's your nutrition. It's, it's your, you know, your protein ratio for, for your body. Um, and then there there are some some physical elements in terms of, you know, lifting very heavy weight or, you know, tapping into your fast twitch muscle fibers mm-hmm. versus your slow. So there's a little bit of, obviously, that, that exercise dynamic to it. But that was one, I'll call it, in my opinion, it's a myth mm-hmm. um, about bar that you have to burn fatigue and then stretch. And if you don't stretch, then you're going to bulk. I think that was the most depressing thing I've ever
0: learned when I did my anatomy was that... <laughs> your muscles, that the shape it, you can only, you can't change it. You can't. No. And it, I am somebody that, you know, lucky or unlucky, I don't know. How do you describe it? But my, I'm a very muscular person, and I said it before. Like I don't use weights when I'm teaching because I. I can just do one bicep curl and I'm like ripped like, (laughs) yeah. And it's just, you're lucky. (laughs) Yeah. And it just, I mean, it's how it is, but I am very conscious of it. And then doing gymnastics as a kid, I just felt like it's not the look I was going for. Let's leave it at that. I just didn't want these big arms and, Mm -hmm. you know, like learning that it's like, and I have, uh, you know, siblings, I have a brother he's my half brother and him and I are have the same genes We're just like these little muscly people. And my poor oldest brother, who's my full brother, he could work out. He'll kill me. I hope he never listens to this, but like he he could work out 12 hours a day and he'll just kind of look like a skinny guy, just average, Mm -hmm. an average person. And we always joke. He's just like, Oh, I hate you guys. And we're like, yeah, I mean, it's genes. It is. Jeans and other things, jeans. but mostly jeans. <laughs> not, it is not to say that you sh- shouldn't um, shouldn't exercise. There's so many reasons too, but it's true that you're not going to go into a bar class and all of a sudden walk out with like huge quads or huge biceps
1: or no. so. Nor nor are you going to thin thin out your your thighs necessarily. Nice. If if that's not how your your genes or your body, I mean, you can't spot reduce and you can't you know and, and I'm sorry, if you haven't had 20 years of, of ballet training and, and, and the ballerina's diet, and eat, you're not going to look like a ballerina. Well, I I would never yeah. never tell you that you would coming into a bar class. Yeah, box. and then you had, I mean,
0: diet. I mean, if you want to be malnourished at a young age when you're a gymnast yes. and a dancer, and that I'm that is very true. You're basically malnourishing mm-hmm. your body to not develop. And when you don't develop and you don't go through your cycle as a woman like there's a lot of consequence for that it might look pretty but uh, there's also other things behind that so thank you for myth busting that one um yeah no problem and then one last thing so a little game and it's just another question it's not like a major game but it's called Mm -hmm. what's in your bar so right now in my quote unquote bar, it consists a lot of tea because it's freezing here in New York and hmm. some red wine and specifically the red wine leftover from my wedding, which either it either says we've bought Aww. way too much because it was in Aww. August or I'm not a big drinker. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know what's stocked in your either tea, coffee, juice or
1: spirits bar. Um, okay, so if you would have asked me this question 10 years ago, <laughs> it would have been uh, a lot of a lot of the alcoholic beverages. Um, right now, I am I am tea. Actually, I'm, I'm cracking up. If, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you look at my desk right now, I have a green tea. I have um, a smoothie. I don't even know what's in it. But it's it's orange and it's cold. And I have my my bottle of water. I love water. I love hot tea now because I'm in Michigan and it's cold now. Mm-hmm. And I really like to drink my fruits and vegetables because they don't do a great job eating them. That's perfect. So that is so typical <gasps> fitness instructor, but I promise. It's the truth. Yes, it's on the go. It's you
0: got all the fluids, which is perfect, especially this time of year. It's flu season's coming when we're talking. But. <laughs> so, yes. Amazing. Thank you, Stephanie, for joining me today and sharing your story with all of us. Can you tell the listeners where they can find and follow you or if there's anything upcoming for Bar Intensity?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the best way to stay in touch with us would be uh, through our, web- our website, which is barintensity.com. And of course, bar is spelled with two R's. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, that would lead you to our video site, our social channels. So yes, if you just search bar intensity, something we'll pop- about us will, will pop up and you can find us. Great. Thank you again.
0: Thank you everybody for tuning in. If you'd like to write into the podcast, send an email to info at barvariations.com. You can follow us all over social media at bar variations. You can also visit the website at www.barvariations.com where you will find show notes, archive episodes, and more subscribe to this podcast on
1: Apple podcasts, Google play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.